Good morrow, Chicago. Good morrow, world. We are Midsummer Flight, and this is Summercast. Coming down out there, isn't it, Margaret? Yeah, it is. Oh, oh, hello, listeners. Thank you for joining us. Me and Margaret, we were just, we were just on the couch getting ready for Christmas. We're in our snuggling up in our sweaters and our hot toddies. Yeah, and uh, Margaret has on these like weird little Christmas antlers. You look like a little reindeer. Oh, that's what I was going for. uh, It's got little bells on it. Ling in and ring the bells for the for the. Ching, 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 ching. Oh, she's adorable. <laughs> well, Merry Christmas, Margaret. Merry Christmas, Julian. And <laughs> Happy you, New Year. Do you have any big Christmas plans? No, same old, same old. I just go to the south suburbs where my family lives. Yeah, Frankfurt, <laughs> well, that Illinois. Sounds, that sounds just beautiful. It is quite lovely. <laughs> All the suburban houses with their lights on. It's gorgeous. Well, their Christmas lights. Yeah. Yes. No, the suburbs are always beautiful in the Christmas time. I agree. Yeah. I agree. How um, about well, you? I was hoping you could help me out with a little Christmas project. Oh yeah. You see, I'm a little be- behind on my Christmas shopping. Oh yeah. Um, I, let me pull up my my Christmas list here. Okay. Oh wow, that's long. Yeah, I got, I got a lot of friends. To shop for. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm hoping that we can go through some of these names and maybe we can think about like what we're gonna get them for Christmas. Okay, yeah, let's do it. Okay, well, first off, I have oh the Prince of Denmark, Hamlet. Oh, Hamlet! Oh. How do you shop for a prince? How do you shop for somebody that doesn't really like to celebrate things I or don't know. be I don't know. happy? I'm thinking I would get Hamlet. Mm-hmm. Like, do they still do iTunes gift cards? I think they do. Because I feel like that's something that you get someone where you're just like, I don't know you. I don't know you. But you probably like music. Yeah, for sure. Or give them like a Mariano's gift card. Everybody loves Mariano's. I don't know if Hamlet would go to Mariano's. <laughs> you don't think he's Mariano, a Mariano's kind of guy? No. I don't know if he would go grocery shopping. I think he does like a lot um, of Grubhub. You could do like a, a Chipotle. A Chipotle. A Chipotle gift No, card. Hamlet definitely goes to Chipotle. Hamlet, what do you think is in his Chipotle order? He definitely gets bowls. Definitely gets a bowl with a to-go lid. Even though he probably finishes the bowl there at the restaurant when yeah. he sits there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he definitely gets like lid. extra guac and kind of like is like really like stingy about it. Like, and gets really angry when they say, you know, that's extra, right? Extra. Yeah, yeah. He always like makes a point when you go to Chipotle with them. Yeah. To like tell you like, oh, I hate when they say that. Yeah, and then he makes a Facebook status about it after yeah. they sell it to him. Yeah, maybe I'm going to go ahead and uh, cross Hamlet off the list, actually. Bye, Hamlet. Bye, Hamlet. Hope you're not listening to this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) What about, what about, um, we have uh, Juliet. Oh, Jules. Yeah. Oh, my girl. Maybe, is it, is makeup too obvious? No, I don't think you should. I think It was just her birthday. It was just her birthday. I would say you should go for, like, you know, she's kind of coming into herself. Yeah. I would get her, like... A cool, like, warrior, like, bow and arrow type of thing. A, a bow and arrow? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. She's going out into the world. 
<laughs> with a bow and arrow. Yeah, okay. I'll, I'll keep yes ending that. Thank okay. You. Sure, Thank sure, sure, sure. I was thinking maybe a purse, but bow and arrow for sure. No, um, Jules needs a bow and arrow. Oh, who else do we got here on this list, Margaret? Um, oh, I see uh, Beatrice. Oh, Beatrice. Beatrice. Yeah, okay, okay. She's now, a smart one, that one. She's smart, and I'm thinking like. Do they still have bookstores? They do. Are you kidding me? I haven't seen one the in a long time. The bookseller, Lincoln Square. Are you kidding me? Well, you know, she lives in Lincoln Square. She does live in Lincoln Square. And we can get her uh, maybe a gift card to the bookstore. I'm a gift card kind of person because I'm yeah, not very tell. creative. See, no, I think we should buy her a book. What do you think? Um, what kind of book do you think, Beatrice? Definitely something with a um, some heroines in it and some witty. <laughs> I'm sorry. Say that one more time. Hero- something with heroines. Women heroes. Strong strong women leads. Strong. Okay, thank you. Okay. <laughs> and um some witty banter. Yeah. Okay. Maybe like uh some a Margaret Atwood. Oh Margaret Atwood, okay. I like that. Yeah. Margaret Atwood for Beatrice. Margaret Atwood for um, Beatrice. Ooh, I can't believe you have them on your list. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but you know, Iago, me. <laughs> We've been friends for a long time. And oh, it's, yeah, we, we always have those friends that are just like, God, do I actually like you? Oh, yeah, for sure. I have those in my life as so well. I'm just going to write re-gift next <laughs> to, because I definitely have to do a white elephant next week, and I, I'm sure whatever I get there. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a good idea. <laughs> Something there. And then he'll hold, like, a vengeance against you for, you know... Yeah, the rest for, of your life. For a while, yeah. Probably, yeah. I do have, like, um, some extra pounds of flesh lying around. Ooh. So if you know anyone that would like, like, to just, like, have a a, a parcel of pound uh, of, of flesh, I are like... Are we talking human what? flesh, or are we talking, like, bacon? <laughs> it depends on who's asking. Oh! <laughs> and scene. And scene. All right. Oh, man. Well, everyone, that was the first edition of me and Margaret improv some, uh... That was crazy. <laughs> That was, if you could have seen what we were doing with our hands and my mouthing to Julian, I can't believe you're making me do this right now. He literally just started hitting record and then started doing that. Before I was like, hey, I had some ideas about how to start this show, so just uh, roll with it. I was like, all right, here we go. So team, we are back in action. Here we are, we're back. Um, Hello. Yeah, it's, it's been quite a bit. Um, Miss Margaret, how have you been? I've been good. I have to say that I, um, I've had a lot that's happened this year. I booped around in a lot of jobs, but mm. now I feel like I am hitting my stride. I have another new job. I think we talked about my... Because you're working sort of education outreach sort of thing? Yes. So I'm now working for Lyric Unlimited, which is the education community branch of um, Lyric Opera, which is the flip side of kind of what I was doing before. Like, I was a teaching artist. I used to work for Amea Pilar. I used to work at a law firm and all between acting gigs. Mm. And now I'm kind of programming for... um, Programs. (laughs) Programs. <laughs> I'm marketing for programs that um, that you know are within Chicago, within the education systems, as well as um, within the different communities around the city, which is really cool. That's like, you know, you seem to months. keep finding yourself in these sort of education pools. Yeah, I just I wanted I loved to teach, but I was kind of was burnt out. There wasn't a ladder for me anymore in terms of like where I could move up. I and I wanted to find a way to advocate for people, advocate for kids, even mm. if it meant that I wasn't really teaching anymore. So yeah. I feel like I'm able to do that. And I have, my boss is such an intelligent person. Like she, <laughs> is, oh, I could listen to her talk all day. And um, <laughs> it's been really great. I've only been there for about two months, but I'm, I'm finishing 2018 strong. Excellent. Hopefully. Well, I'm glad to hear that. Have you Thank seen you. any uh, 
good plays, good movies? Like, what are you... Yeah, um, I have. So I'm actually... I'm in a screenwriting class right now as well at Second really? City. Yeah. That's I had like, no idea. Yes, yeah, so it's like... So you could have workshopped that with me maybe a little bit more <laughs> before we, like, actually, like, dove into it. Yeah, Or would that learning. be, like, Second City? Would that be good? That is what we been, did I'm, good? Um, I don't... I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. We yesed a lot. Yeah. I think yes. Yes, and is a big a big principle. That's really the only but one I, I do know. But I do think you gotta shut it. You gotta learn, you gotta know how to shut it down. Well, okay, okay. So so yes, and and shut it down. I'll write that down in my input yeah. journal. But I do screenwriting. So this is just yeah. This is sure. Like Harold Ramis. Ramis. Harold Ram. Oh wow, he's famous. I should not be messing up his name. Anyway, they're You're film school. Own. I'm okay. on. I am on my own. And um, so because of that class, though, the whole like I've been watching more movies, mm. and I've been trying to see more plays. I've been going to some readings, which has been fun as well. Sure. Um, but yeah, in terms of like TV, I guess I'm gonna throw that out there right now. What I'm watching, it's it's based off my favorite book series right now called uh, My Brilliant Friend. It's uh, it's called the Neapolitan novels. There's four of them. I'm almost done with the second. I literally have whipped through this thing. It's all I can think about it. Think about. And uh, HBO has picked up a limited series oh. for it. So the first one has just started coming out. And the first book is called My Brilliant Friend. And it's about these two um, young girls growing up in Naples, like post-World War II. I have never heard of this. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> and they do travel. Oh, I can't. I can't put it down. Like, it's bad. And, um... You grow, you like see them progress. So the second yeah. book right now, they're like eighteen, nineteen, and it has completely broken my heart in so many ways. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I've been attached to both the book and the TV show. Do you like that sort of stuff, sort of like that historical fiction? Yeah, historical histor fiction is like my thing. Yeah. Oh man, especially like World War Two era. Like I could read. I could read it all day. So what's the plan with the screenwriting? Are you are you planning on Yeah, that's my that's been a goal of mine for a while. I've had a lot of like trial and error in producing things and getting it on its feet and um I decided that I needed to take a class for accountability reasons, you know, mm, and also I to like work with audiences that um, I'm not used to being around. So, like, you know, you read with your friends, you workshop with your friends, and, you know, you, at a certain point, we're all theater people, we're all open to, like, we're great at feedback, but I also wanted to work with people that maybe weren't theater people. Um, so, yeah, I have a screenplay that I've been working on. It's a feature. And, um, yeah, that's like my 2019 goal. How exciting. So, if you were going to adapt one of the Bard's works for the screen, oh my God. what would you do? And who would you cast? Oh, man, this is like, oh, God. Let's um, go. Let's go. Oh, my God. This is really yes and in exercises. <laughs> um, oh, God. I don't even, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I think. See, there's so many movie adaptations that aren't great out there. Um, I guess I, I, I would really actually like to see a Two Gentlemen of Verona. Mm, interesting. Yeah, but I think there's a lot of... Uh, I don't know if I would be the person to direct it. I think I'd like to be like a producer on it because I don't think I'm oh. the person that would best be able to do what I think is so interesting about that play and sure. it's like all the queer theory in it yeah. just between like the friendship of Valentine and Proteus and mm. I think those are there's a through line in a lot of that like you can see these kind of friendships blurry line friendships all throughout Shakespeare's work like even Twelfth Night with Sebastian and Antonio and I would really like to see a production yeah or see a, a movie adaptation of Two Gents where like there's yeah, there's there there the lines between humans is less 
black and white. It's, more interesting. Blurred. it's but, interesting that you bring up uh, Queer 32 because I'm sitting down actually with Ian DeMont Martin right. um, in the uh, next half of this episode. Yeah. And we go into some of that with uh, Twelfth Night. I'm so excited. Absolutely. Yeah, that's really cool. I'm excited. To see, I haven't seen this Twelfth Night yet. and I'm, Well, get you, out there to the parks. I know, I need to. We'll have the parks. The, the parks. Conservatory. The conservatory. Uh, Ian's also one of my pals. So oh, I was with him earlier this week and I'm really excited to see it. Um, and Amanda Foreman, like such an incredible actor. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. But yeah, okay. that's me. Let me talk about you now. Like, or, uh, there's nothing to about... say. Mostly I just sit here and I plan out skits for uh, Summercast. That's awesome. Um, no, I've been good. I've have been good. you seen the new Twelfth Night yet? I have not. You have not. We should go together. We should. That's what, <laughs> yeah. That was my follow-up. We should absolutely go That together. was my follow-up. Um, <laughs> yes, yeah, so for our fun listeners out there, you all may not realize this, but Julie and I are really bad at seeing each other in between us recording this. It's actually, yeah, it's it's pretty criminal. It's pretty um, criminal. So any opportunity to hang out, <laughs> I'll take you up on it. Even yeah. If I'm, even, yeah, we should have it too. That would be nice that for the holidays. That would be really nice, yeah. Um, yeah, I've been good. I'm working on little projects here right. and there. As Talk always, about your straw dog stuff. a lot of D and D. Tonight, <laughs> after we record this interview, I'm going to go to um, do uh, Anderson's Blue Christmas <laughs> at Straw Dog, just sort of this like raunchy, not family friendly uh, Christmas uh, romp, I if you will. Love it. Yeah, it should be a really good time. And um, I just closed Mass Macabre um, right. a, a bit ago, so that was a whole adventure onto itself. Mm-hmm. Um, it led to a lot of delays and. I know producing this particular podcast, but um, we're back and we're ready to roll. That's so exciting. I feel like you've sort of, I know we've talked about this before, but you kind of found like a little bit of an, a niche thing with this like breaking down of the fourth wall. It's like a immersive way, theater. Yeah, I'm immersive very interested theater, in exactly. it. Yeah, yeah I feel like you're great at it too. Oh, thank you. Do you enjoy doing it? Like in comparison I to other do. types? I do. And you know, recently I actually, because I had done, I want to say four immersive projects, but I've never seen one. Oh, yeah. Um, so I very recently went to an immersive show. I was like, oh, I don't know if I'm as good at being an audience member for this sort of thing as mm-hmm. I am at like doing it. It's very different. Mm-hmm. But it was helpful to kind of see it from the other side, actually. Wow. Yeah, I'm sure it was. What was yeah. it? Did you like it? Did you I know? did. I did like it. It was, just, mm-hmm. it was hard. It was just like, oh, this is actually a lot of work on the audience. I didn't realize, oh, I guess, cool. how much work you have to put in to like keep up with a show that's moving like physically moving right away from the you sometimes and stuff that's yeah. so cool that's really cool yeah, it was a really great time but oh. yes we're going to sit down with ian in a little bit and we're going to talk about 12th night and mm. uh oh Margaret, i think i hear some some carolers coming <gasps> there i just uh, oh. hold on one second guys i uh, will be right back with um ian uh, one we'll second be right oh. back and we're back with Ian DeMont Martin in my house. Welcome. <laughs> thank you. Thank How you. are you? I, I am well. I took your coat when you came in, but I left your scarf. I'm so sorry. No, no. I, I, like, I like a scarf. <laughs> I like nice. a scarf. <laughs> um, it's a... Uh, criminally cold in my apartment so <laughs> you might want to keep it with you how are you welcome i am well i am well it's been a, a good week excellent the show is in its second weekend i know exciting. and how does that feel it feels kind of it feels really good but yeah kind of weird you know yeah yeah 
my job is effectively done. Exactly. Right? This is when you uh, take your hands off and start like backing away. Exactly. <laughs> it's like your kid going to college. Absolutely. <laughs> it's like uh, they're gonna they're gonna make their own. I hope I you know like I hope I did my job. Like <laughs> they're gonna make their own choices and they're gonna learn a lot. Absolutely. Have um, you been back to see the show since it's opened? I went back for the first time last night. Really? Yeah. And what was that experience like? It was cool. You know the Thursday audience. Um, is maybe a little smaller sure. than than the weekend audience, and um, but we had had a couple of really nice reviews over the last week. Nice, um, very nice. And so I think that, and, and also just word of mouth, and I, I don't know what the shows of the rest of the opening weekend were mm. uh, were like, but I was excited to get into a Thursday because I think it's a different it's a different animal. You Absolutely. Know? I think there were maybe thirty people in the in the house, but nice. the show had the same energy and pace and stakes. Yeah. And so it's it's cool to know that they've figured out a way to keep doing the show. Yeah. Regardless of, <laughs> you know not regardless, but like <laughs> doing the show despite, you know, Whatever the size of the vote. Yeah, or, or the energy of the... the well, it's the a nice audience. intimate space. If mm-hmm. any of our listeners haven't been there, um, you guys perform in sort of like the showroom at the uh, Lincoln Park Conservatory. Exactly. And it's a sort of like long room. It's kind of hard to direct in. Oh, yeah. How, uh, was that challenging? Very challenging. <laughs> and I don't even know if I did all that well. I mean, look, I, do, I definitely think that there are some beautiful stage pictures, but there are a couple of scenes or a couple of moments where I've completely botched it. Oh, man! <laughs> and, and not, and I mean, in pure stage picture. No, I respect um, you being able to say yeah, that. Yeah, you know, was, and, you, and maybe you'll, if you see the show, you'll see it, um, but there, it's just one moment at one scene and like a half a moment another where I was mm-hmm. like, oh, I wish I'd have just like had this person stand there instead of where they're standing now. Do those realizations come after the fact or are these things that you sort of are just like, well, this might just be what it is. Um, it came. It came later. Oh no! You know, it was, and it, and 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 when we got to tech and we were into the runs, it, it became so much about getting the show up. Sure. And but but a lot of it translated. You know, the room yeah. that we rehearsed in was a lot shorter. Mm. Um, we had the, the 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 height of the space, but not the length of it. Gotcha. And so when we got to the space, it was like, oh, we have to stretch this. It's out. very long. Yes, yes, it is very very long. <laughs> Um, but I also think that they found a lovely way to be in space together. Good. Um, and, and, and for the most part, sightlines are pretty good. Excellent, excellent. Yeah. Where did you sort of pick up your directing tools to see things like uh, that? Just from being in rehearsal rooms myself. Yeah. I can't say that I'm a capital D director. This, <laughs> and, and, and this is to be completely candid. Like sure. My, this production of Twelfth Night is my first professional full length. That's impressive. Um, thank you, thank you. I've done um, a short play with yeah. Haven Theater professionally, which would have been my sort of like directorial professional debut, and right. I've done uh, I've I've produced independently and directed a, a Shakespearean college. Excellent. Um, and so technically, it's you know like my third full show, mm. um, but it's my first full length professional, and so that has been. You know, sort of like the, the the little person on my shoulder, the little thing, and I'm like, okay, like this has to be, this has to be good. But I, I, ultimately, I'm very I'm very proud of it. But because I because I'm new, like yeah, uh, it's it's a lot of intuition, and also taking my experience as an actor and and using that as a tool um, to communicate. Well, sure, and so much of it is, I guess, just trusting the people you cast. Absolutely, yeah, without a doubt. You know, and one thing that I do know fundamentally as a director is I think the job is about Literally directing everyone to the same destination. Yeah. You know, I, I say this thing in some of the rooms that I'm in, especially as a director, uh, we're all doing the same play. 
You know, yeah. I go to a lot of plays, and people are doing different things. There, there are certain <laughs> actors in different plays. Yeah. There's maybe a designer who designed a different play. Gotcha. You know what I mean? Yeah, where, where I, I absolutely know what you where mean. Where there's, uh, there's no cohesion. And so what I do know is I want, in my work, I want everyone to be headed to the same destination. Yeah. And everyone's got their that. different part, right? Everyone's got their different contribution. An actor's contribution is much different than a costume designer's contribution. But we all got to get to Illyria. And, <laughs> and, and the thing about our production of Twelfth Night is I think everyone does that so beautifully and in their own in their own way. Yeah. Um, so th- that communication and intuition with actors, working with people that you uh, trust and believe in. My costume designer, Lily, and I went to college together. She, oh, really? Yeah, she designed The Tempest, which is the first full-length play I ever directed. Yeah. Um, so things like that have been sort of like anchors in this sort of... <laughs> drifting uh, into the into the craft of directing. I love it. So, um, this being like one of your first um, fooling things, what um, do you think you learned most coming out of this production? Mm. Now that you've been able to see it like full circle. Yeah, I learned so much. Um, it's hard to say what I learned. Sure. Most, you know, and 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 it is a lot about practice. Mm. Um, uh, I I, I learned. And Shakespeare is hard, you know, yes. and in some ways more, <laughs> let's put it out there, Shakespeare yes. is difficult, and in some ways more difficult than, you know, your standard sort of American theater play, um, but but all of that has to fit into a pretty short amount of time, mm. you know, I found myself this time around really, really wrangling with time, and the time yeah. that we had, and the time that people... It's a short, it's a short process. It's a short process, yeah. and everyone's got a bunch of schedules you know yes. you know like there's a lot of there's a lot of schedules and a lot of expectations and conflicts and how do you sort of push the play through right um and and, and for us in this process it meant breaking the play mm. completely apart doing it all out of order for like the first few weeks and then maybe sort of sort of haggling the play together and like the the, the few days before the designer run. sure and so i think that was that was a huge trial, you yeah. know, because I was like, I don't know if we have a play. <laughs> you know, I was like, I haven't seen this scene. I saw, I saw the first day of rehearsal, first day of staging after, you know, tech, after, uh, excuse me, not tech, but after uh, table work. Right. You know, it was like, we were doing a scene from Act 3 and, and a scene from It can Act be so 1. hard to, like, find time to go back and, like, clean after you've touched exactly. those things once. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think, ultimately, we touched everything in, in a working sort of rehearsal Three times, yeah. every scene at least, I think three times before we got into the running land. Yeah. Um, and so it, it was cool. So I learned, I, I learned a lot. Uh, but wrangling with time, I think, has been probably the, the biggest one. I have, that's like one of those uh, things that you like continue to learn. Mm-hmm. I think forever is like how to wrangle with time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, um, Twelfth Night is a very old play, <laughs> hey, but it's one that we do a lot. It's one that Midsummer Flight does a lot. Um, when you were sort of approached with this, what mm. did you want to bring to this that we haven't seen yet? Yeah, um, that's a good question. Yeah, it was a question I asked myself early on. I think when Beth, uh, Beth Wolf, the artistic director, when she when we were doing the interview. Um, she asked me, she was like, what is it about Twelfth Night? What do you think about Twelfth Night? Might have yeah. been a question. And I have worked on the show at least twice myself as an actor. I, I played Orsino in college. Nice. And also Sir Toby at one point. Awesome. <laughs> um, I think. <laughs> I don't remember, but, but it was for like a, a thesis project. Um, and, and I read it intently in, in a Shakespeare seminar class. One mm. of my English classes in like a 300 or 400 level class. That was the end of my undergraduate career. And I 
only then in seminar did I really start to develop an appreciation for the play. Yeah. Uh, because of how, quite frankly, um, homoerotic it is. <laughs> how yes. queer it is. It is. And in such a way that I hadn't seen a production, neither the ones I'd been in or any of the others I had seen, sort of honor that or spend much time in that. Sure. Or investigate sure. that or push that forward. Yeah. And, and so I knew that I wanted to do that, especially coming from the queer community. You know Absolutely. What I mean? Like, I think, and Beth will tell you, I think in that interview I said queer people of color maybe like six, seven times. Good like, words. Like, what like, to say? Like, and, I, and, I, and, I, and I left and I was like, oh, I probably sound like a crazy person. But I was like, if nothing else, she will know that I, I'm interested in queer people of color. Good. Because uh, that's the identity that I come from. And I want to see how that exists in space. So how do you take queerness? Um, how do you, you know, include people of color in the conversation? Yeah. And, and, and also mix in all of the things that come with Shakespeare. The, the exceptional high stakes, right? This, right. this beautiful poetry, this um, this both um, that that antithesis. M- Meredith, yeah. the uh, text coach, talked about that, but also antithesis of idea. Yeah. You know, the, the, the the beauty and the pain of love, um, and sort of put that all in, in, into one bowl. Um, and. I'm really proud of it. Good. I can tell. Yeah, it's just, it, it is interesting that Orsino chooses to call Viola boy and Cesario in Act 5. Yeah, that's After always, like, that play, part is always um, a, a part that people spend a lot of time on. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's very interesting that Antonio and Sebastian have this mm. relationship. Oh, yes. I've been like, in Seb- uh-huh. Sebastian and Antonio land. Yeah. I, I was there last year. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, let's go to the hotel. <laughs> you, like, when will we get there? When will we get there? <laughs> there shall you have me. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. there, there's certainly room in the text, and I, and I don't think Shakespeare wrote anything without thought, sure. or without reason. Um, and so, for me, I wanted to see how, how much we could lean in and try to honor... Um, that sort of interpretation of the text. And I think we found something really nice and really beautiful. Good. I think you have too. I think the reviews are showing that you have as well. Yeah. That's excellent. So what do we, what's next for you? Do you want to keep doing Shakespeare? Do you want to keep like finding ways to push the boundary in that sort of classical I, world? Or? I, yeah. I, I can't say that I'm interested in exclusively classical work. Sure. But in Shakespeare especially, I'm really, really interested like I said, in the stakes, yeah. the, the sort of life or death that I feel like happens in Shakespeare and how people say what they think and feel yeah. in a way that I don't think people in life and maybe even in contemporary theater th- do. Um, but also the aesthetics. Like, I'm still very much, as a director, figuring out how I want the work to look. Mm. How I want my work to look. And in Shakespeare, you can push that boundary so much more than you can your sort of standard four-door play. Yeah. You know what I mean? Absolutely. The aesthetics of All My Son are... Almost, it's pretty much there. You know what I mean? Like, that's I don't necessarily strange. think there's an aesthetic world that comes with Twelfth Night, and there's no one that's gonna show up at your door and charge you fine. It's like the longer they've been dead, the more you can just kind of exactly, yeah. exactly. And Shakespeare still has a name, so people will come see what you've done, versus like doing some obscure, you know, yeah. classical text. But I'm definitely interested in working with it again. Um, and as I continue to sort of refine my voice, um, yeah. to see how that impacts and mixes in with Shakespeare, I think will be cool awesome. to watch. Yeah. Uh, what are other passions for you outside the world mm-hmm. of theater? Um, if there a is question. a world outside of theater. Um, I'm also very much interested in TV and film. Good. In general, narrative. Yeah. Personal narrative drives me crazy. And a maddening 
beautiful way. Yeah. I love the theater, um, and I think that things are translatable, but I also think the TV and film is a lot more accessible. When I look in the audiences that I sort of uh, am sitting in as a theater sort of consumer, yeah. most of the people are white. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, aren't they? Yeah. they are they? <laughs> yeah. Well, every time I look around I, when I'm in a theater, I go, oh, yeah, one, two, three, you know, I can, I can, I can, pull, I can count us out. Yeah. Um, but people of color do watch movies, and they and they and True. they can watch movies. They, and, and yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, in a way that maybe some people don't or can't watch theater. Right. Um, and so I'm interested in that. Um, my day job is in racial equity and anti-racism work in the Chicago arts community. That's awesome. Um, it's really cool. So yeah. <laughs> for you know, like n- not only just doing work, but how do you do work? Hmm. Um, and this maybe connects to your the other question. But another thing, as a director, one of my tools is building a room uh, that where people are safe and they in yeah. that space are. Welcome to be vulnerable, to be challenged, to discover. Um, I, I firmly believe if your room isn't a place where someone feels safe to make a new beautiful choice, it'll never happen. Yeah, it'll absolutely never happen. Because uh, we've all I'm, been in those exactly, spaces. Exactly, absolutely, exactly. Uh, I never want to make a room <laughs> like that. I want I want an actor to feel as free and as open to make any choice. Within reason, <laughs> in <laughs> right. the world, you know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so those are those are some of the other things that I, I I'm shifting around in my life. Good. Um, but yeah. Film and television. What are you watching? What are you into right now? I'm a slow and really picky television watcher. Really? Um, I I, also, I will watch any trash. Really? You were watching? <laughs> have you seen that Super Drag show? I have Netflix? not watched it yet, but it's certainly oh, on my radar. It is trash. <laughs> it is fresh trash for you, but it is amazing. Um, <laughs> What am I watching? I love I love work that pushes boundaries that 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 asks a sort of what if. I love the Black Mirror series. Oh sure, it's yeah, phenomenal. Yeah, um, the one um, where they're in uh, space, the Star Trek one. Um, yes, love that. Yes, yeah. and the one where they're rating people based on like your interactions socially. Yep, yep, yep. Also very good. I mean, they're all very good. They're yes. all yeah, but they're asking a question. They're taking a world that you can kind of recognize yeah. and like pushing something a little further. Uh, which is something that I'm certainly very much interested in. Um, so I'm watching that. I will binge a docu series like no one else. <laughs> like, very good. I will run through a docu series like it's my job. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, I pick things up. Uh, that th- those kinds of works, though. I think stuff like that I'm, I'm most interested in. Excellent. Yeah. Well, you know what? Game we of are... Thrones. Oh, Game of Thrones. Westworld. <laughs> you know. Um, I, I love when a world is built. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing what sort of worlds you're going to build. Yeah. In the future. We're all going to be <laughs> Me watching. Me too. This. <laughs> um, come check out Swap Night. You guys are running until when? Off December the top of your head. 16th. December 16th. He's yeah. got it. At Which was my birthday. So oh! I must remember. We closed on my birthday. Happy almost birthday. Thank you. Thank and you. as a birthday present to Ian, please come by the please. conservatory oh, yes. and check out Swap Night. It is not something you want to miss. If it's a holiday tradition, you already have. Please come out and uh, check us out. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. Thank you, Julie, for having me. And happy holidays to you. Thank you for coming. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Weren't those carolers cute? Oh, such angelic voices. Oh, my God. So lovely. How do you like your hot cocoa? Oh, so good. Especially with the little marshmallows in it. Mmm. <laughs> 
Well, it was great to catch up with Ian DeMont Martin. I'm yeah. so excited to see Twelfth Night. Absolutely, absolutely. We're going to get out there soon. And how can people get out there to see the show? So, you can catch Twelfth Night at the Lincoln Park Conservatory running until December 16th. You can see it on Thursdays through Sundays at 7.30 p.m. Tickets are pay what you can. Awesome. We hope to see all of you there. It's a really great holiday tradition for the whole family. Absolutely. I love it. And the and conservatory is so magical. Gorgeous. production. Absolutely yeah. gorgeous. Little turtles, koi fish, um, ferns, all yeah. sorts of beautiful, beautiful things. It's all done up with Christmas lights and everything. You mm -hmm. don't want to miss it. And live music. If you're traveling for the holidays, if you're not going to be able to check us out, um, in 12, uh, at 12th night, or even if you are and you want to donate um, to Midsummer Flight for the holidays, head on over to our website, midsummerflight.com, and uh, click the donate button and um, see how you can support our company. Well, I think that's going to be it for us, Margaret. I think so too. I'm going to turn off the Christmas tree and we're going to um, head to bed. Head to bed. Last of the cocoa. All right. Well, from all of us here at Midsummer Flight, have a Happy holiday. Good in Chicago. Good in world.